This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. What a bowling! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently! And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end! Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. On the outside, he's got it! He's got it! Ashley Barnes with it! What a cross from Rory! And there was Ashley Barnes! And Burnley leading the Derby! That's it quickly. Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper. Yeah! Burnley won it to the end. That is magnificent. They deserve that. Only by Paul Patella. Off for a hat trick. He's got it. Hat trick for Nathan Teller. Oh, he's on fire at the minute. 3-0 Burnley. It's Nathan Teller's day. And Burnley are three up here. Can he go on the outside? Comes inside. Comes on the shot. Oh, and a goal. Manuel Benson once more. That is top class. Burnley have done it. Fantastic. 
Forest deserve the championship title. They've been the best side throughout the campaign. Burnley have won the second tier. What a fantastic achievement. The players have been magnificent. Yes, hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of the visit of Aston Villa to Turf Moor. We're finally back in action after the week off, thanks to Luton's ground not being ready. As you can see, we've got Villa fan Luke from the Up The Villa podcast waiting. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me on. No, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on, mate. It's a pleasure. You may recognise Luke from the overlap. I don't know if I mentioned it, um, but we have been on it before. <laughs> but just before we get started, I just want to say that we're pleased to announce that this season, the Turfcast podcast pre-game show is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Burnley fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're based in Burnley or Brighton, you can catch every single minute of the action. Keep an eye out during this season for events, offers, content and competitions that put you closer to the action. So Luke, talk to me. Aston Villa, bit of an indifferent start this season, isn't it? It's like, obviously getting spanked. In a you know polite way of putting it, but by Newcastle on the opening day, and then spanking Everton. So how are you feeling at the minute? I'm sure, obviously, now that the overriding emotion will be we've just spanked Everton. I'm feeling good again, but obviously, I'm sure after that Newcastle game, you you're a little bit down and probably thinking, well, you know, a lot of us are predicting a good season for Villa, as am I, and then you go and get put to the sword by admittedly a very good Newcastle side. You must have been sort of like thinking, ah, oh, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. What's your thoughts yeah. at the minute? Um, more like relief at the minute, I think, because going into that game, like you say, we was all excited, buzzing for the season. We, oh, I predicted Villa to finish sixth, so you know, mm. pretty, pretty high. Um, you know, being involved in and around that area. Um, but we had a bad week going into that game. We had Buendia done his ACL in his knee two days before that game. Started the game okay. We was sort of losing 2-1. And then Mings goes down, does his ACL, and he gets stretched off. So from that moment, it, it was just like a terrible, terrible couple of days. Uh, and then we ended up getting absolutely battered. So it wasn't an Unai Emery Villa performance, in my opinion. Like we, we just didn't look like what we were doing so well last season in pre-season. Mm. It was just a disaster. So Going into Everton, we were sort of just wanting us to get back to what we were doing last season, like how we were playing, you know, just tactically, the shape of the team. And thankfully, against Everton, we were able to do exactly what we were doing last season. So looking back now, I think those injuries and not just the injuries and making excuses, but just the emotion of what happened, like two of your best players literally yeah. are virtually out for the season. So... I just think that was just terrible for us that Newcastle weekend. So it's good that we recovered and we sort of looked back to our usual selves on the weekend. So it puts us in good stead. I know we've got, um, before we play you guys, we're in the Europa Conference League as well. So we've got our first European game that we can look forward to. And then we've got you guys at the weekend. So we're in a better place now than we were after that first game. Yeah, it's, I find it difficult to gauge where you're at at the minute, though, because obviously, yes, you lost to a very good Newcastle side, but then you beat comfortably a very poor Everton side. So I kind of like wanted to see you against sort of like somebody like Palace, you know, see, see how, how you'd do against somebody like that before playing us. 
where do you think you're at then now? Do, do you think like the Newcastle games give you a bit of a humbling and you think, oh, maybe we might finish eighth? Or are you now still feeling like, no, we've, we've dispatched of a very poor Everton side. We, we are on for, 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 for finishing somewhere like sixth, seventh. Yeah, I mean, it, if you look at the way the club are operating off the pitch, I mean, we've just got Monchi from Seville, new sporting director. So he's like the, yeah. the transfer guru that was doing all of the success and recruitment for Seville. So off the pitch, we've got him, we've got Unai Emery, which, you know, he is a fantastic manager, you know, how tactically he is, the detail that he goes into, how demanding he is of the players. So I, I think we, we're still on track to be where, you know, we all expected us to be, really. You know, I mean, if you had to ask Emery where he wants to finish, he would probably say a Champions League spot. That's just the the way he is and his mindset. He's, yeah. he's so demanding and he wants the best. And, you know, he, he doesn't just settle for poor performances. And, you know, when he was speaking after the Newcastle one, you know, he, you could tell he was, like, so bothered by it. So I, I think we're probably where we need to be. I mean, obviously, the, the injuries are a bit of a blow. So we've... Uh, Son Zaniolo from Galatasaray and we're looking like we're going to be strengthening in the window still so I think after the window shuts we're probably going to be where we need to be I think Yep, fair enough, just looking at some of your transfers then as well, how do you rate the transfer activity so far by Billy? You say you think you're going to still strengthen, hopefully Burnley the same, um, it's looking like Burnley will be obviously getting Ramsey from you um, According to my sources, he's been here for two weeks, but we'll get into that <laughs> in a bit. Um, but uh, obviously, just looking at some of your, um, like you said, you brought in Zan, Zan, I was going to say Zanilo, but I'll, I'll leave your pronunciation for that. Everyone knows who watches the podcast that I can't pronounce anything. Um, <laughs> Tillemans is a very good player, Torres and DRB yeah. as well. How do you rate your activity so far? If Mings and Buendia were fit, I'd say yeah. very, very good. You know, I mean, it, it, for Villa, it was all about get into that next phase of having like two very good players in every position. So mm. uh, with Pau Torres coming in, another centre-back, ball-playing centre-back, like um, you spoke about on our channel, you know, that's how we play. We play out from the back. So we brought Pau Torres in, who's so good on the ball. Moussa Diabu spent about £40 million on, on a winger. That was an area last season where we just lacked that pace, that cutting edge, that aggression speed up top. So... You know, he's been a great player, looked really good. He's already got one goal. Tielemans, like you say, good player, central midfield on a free. Uh, Zaniolo, we've got him on the on the right on loan. We're looking like we're going to be letting Luca Dean go. So uh, Acuna from Seville, he's potentially going to be coming in. And I just think some more attackers. So, yeah, the window has been good. It's, you know, it's, it, they're good players that we've been signing. So I think that's always... A good sign when you can see that they're a decent player before they even get to your club. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, for me, it's all been about getting Emery's players in now. Last season, his success was based on making what he'd got already and coaching them and making them better, which he did. I mean, you know, there's parts of last season where we were like in the form table. We were like second and third. And, you know, and that was going on pretty much since November. So, now he's been able to get the players in that he wants to play to suit his system. We, sh we should be we should be even better than last year, to be fair. So, yeah, I think it's been a, a good window, but hopefully there's, like you guys, there's, there's more to come from the window. Yeah. 
And you but you touched on it briefly. Obviously, you're in the Europa Conference League, is it, this season? Yeah. Um, playing Hibs, I think, on Thursday. Um, Actually, it's Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, oh, that, yeah. That's that's better for you, isn't it, really? Yeah, I was hoping yeah, maybe. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's only Hibs, so I, I say only yeah. Hibs. I don't mean it, but it's only a drive up or you know a, a forty-five minute flight. So it's not like you're playing someone in you know Afghanistan, which would have been better for us. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to have too much of an effect on you for this game. But my question is, like over the course of the season, obviously you're thinking or your aims are you're going to be better this season in the league than last season. But do you not think that the Conference League or all India because Poor example, but when we were in the Europa League, admittedly, we only played three, well, six games in it because we actually failed to actually physically qualify for the actual group stages. Um, we were knackered, like, playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and that were only for, like, six weeks. And it took us all the way till Christmas to to actually come out of that. Yes, our squad was a lot smaller. We didn't have anywhere near the sort of funding that you do. But a lot of teams have struggled with it, aren't they? How, how do you think you're going to cope with it? Yeah, I think it's a, a fair... Point to, I mean, you look at West Ham last season as well. They were mm. absolutely terrible in the league. Mm. What, what I would try and counteract was, was like when I was talking earlier about the window and, and making sure we've got two players in every position and the, the squad depth is there and that when one player is out, then it's not like you've sort of got the replacement that's worse. So if Luis is out, we've got Tielemans, etc. So the fact that we've got Emery as well, and I think he's won the Europa League four times. He's played in the Champions League. He's used to having sides playing that European competition. So, yeah, if, if I was being brutal, I would say I'd look at it as a bit of an excuse if, if that's what did happen. You know, I mean, the way Villa are now, we, we, we're, trying to, we're trying to get back to being that European club that we used to be. And I think playing in Europe, you know... You, We've got to just qualify for Europe again, to be fair. So I think I'd like to say we should be all right, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Burnley, I've just announced a new signing, um, by the way, as we are currently recording this podcast. So we'll quickly come away from, from the chat just to announce it. Um, Burnley have completed the signing of Hans Delcroix. Again, butchered it from Anderlecht for an underscore three. The defender signs a three-year deal. That's a young defender that we've been looking at uh, that came out of nowhere for the last few years. Um, but it brings me on nicely now to, to Ramsey. Um, number one, where the hell is it? Well, we know he's, we know he's at Barnfield, which is our training ground uh, for those that don't know. Number two, what's taking so long? Because our sources and sources around the club are saying that it's Villa not just putting a buyback deal in there, which is like a, a, a normal thing to do now. We have one with James Trafford in there. But in a different sort of thing, Villa have started trying to arrange his contract for when he comes back. And that's a hold-up. That's what we're getting told. What, what have you heard about Ramsey's deal to Burnley? Well, I think it's, de it's definitely done, I think. Um, mm. So that's one thing. But um, yeah, we're, we're starting to see with that how we're, we're operating now in this window with Monchi that once the deal's agreed, we might be sort of like changing the deal a little bit once it's sort of been... Really? We, apparently, we signed Zaniolo and then the day after, we were sort of like changing the deal. So, we had to go back and renegotiate. So, I don't know whether something like that, that's happening. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, he's definitely going to be there. I don't know whether it's Villa trying to... I don't, well, I don't think we're trying to replace him, but trying to get somebody else in before we announce it or something. But, yeah, I, I don't really know why it's taking so long because it feels like that one was like done like two weeks ago weren't it yeah 
He's <laughs> genuinely been in our training ground for two weeks. Someone, a postman, put a picture up of um, sort of like his boots getting delivered to our training ground. You know, from, from his sponsors that were like ten days ago. Like, why the hell is it not announced? There's some rumours um, amongst Burnley fans that. Villa are just waiting until after the game so we can't play him against you. But I'm not sure he'd even start anyway, no. uh, if I'm honest. It, it, it'd probably come into the mix quite early on, I think, to be honest. Um, but I know he's not played, a, a, what, a senior game for you guys, has he? A lot of them have yeah. uh, been for like Burra and Norwich when they're on loan there. But what sort of player is he? Look, attacking midfielder, um, sort of quite creative. Um, he's a good passer of the ball. There's three Ramsey brothers, so... He was apparently the better out of the three, and then now really? the younger one's now better than the three of them. So uh, that that's what Villa fans like to say. But you know, he's coming yeah. from a, a family of great footballers, so uh, creative. I think he was decent at Norwich, wasn't he? And then they were fuming, and they didn't want him to get promoted when he was at Borough. He did quite well at Borough. Yeah. He got an injury, didn't he, at Borough as well? That sort of like set him back a bit. So when they were trying to go for the uh, playoffs in the final, he, he was out of the team. But I think he's an exciting player. He's, he's definitely, definitely one for the future-ish. I, I, I don't think he's Premier League ready to start games at the minute. So maybe company will start to bring him in gradually. Um, but yeah, a bit surprising that we've sort of let him go. Really, I think a lot of Villa fans were were surprised. So. I don't know whether we've just tried to sort of see it as a bit like a loan deal in the sense yeah. of we, we I think, get I think with a buyback. Yeah, I, th I think with a buyback, it is. It's like a an extended loan, isn't it? Like, we'll mm. have him for three, four years, make him a good player. You'll be like, oh, right, we'll have him back now for absolutely nothing. Because yeah, I, th I, think, I think everyone's kind of like a winner, aren't we? Because we get this good player for hopefully three, four years. Hopefully, it, it buds into this really good player. We get him on relatively cheap from compared to what we would have done if we would have bought him just without the buyback and then you get to buy him back cheap when he's a ready-made Premier League footballer so I, I just think it's I just think it's, everyone's a winner especially Ramsey because he, he just gets developed into this this brilliant footballer yeah. hopefully um, but it's good to hear that you know some people were saying he was the best of the three at the beginning because Jacob's a brilliant footballer isn't he? I had him in my dream yeah. team towards the end of last year and he made some real points so if he is the better of the three um, then we're in for a very, very good footballer. But um, you, you mentioned a couple of times tactics and Emery's tactics. How do you play? Talk to me how you play under Unai Emery. It, var it varies depending on the opposition. So he's not afraid to do something completely random that you've never seen before. So we went into a game against Newcastle and he, he put McGinn on Dan Byrne and he's got these little quirky tweaks that he does. But... Generally, we're a 4-4-2, so we're a 4-4-2 uh, with a box midfield. Uh, we like to play it from the back, uh, our left back or our right back, whichever tactic we depend to go with will be more advanced. So then we'll make up sort of like a three at the back and that full back will go into midfield and act as a winger. So whether if, it, if we do decide to go heavy down the left or heavy down the right, then, then that's the vibe that we're doing. Um, we just look to control the game. So control possession, have as much of the ball as possible. Um, and we've started to get John McGinn breaking through the lines a little bit more. We've got pace out wide in Bailey and Diaby. So... 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We, we're just trying to suffocate and control the whole of the game, whole of the tempo. Um, and yeah, that's generally what we're trying to do. We'll defend and press in a 4-4-2. Um, and then we'll play with this box midfield. We might have to defend a bit of a low block. So then we'll go into a sort of like a 5-3-2. Um, or sometimes we'll go to like a six at the back and our uh, midfielders will tuck in. So we generally play about three different formations per game, whether we're with the ball, without the ball, or defending. So, um, yeah, it adapts on the opposition as well and, and, and how he sees fit, really. Yeah, when I look at this Villa side now, I see a lot of danger, man. Like, you've got a lot of good players. Obviously, there's the players um, that were doing well last season. Then you brought in, like you say, Torres. Obviously, like I said, last season, you've got Watkins, Louise. McGinn's a very good footballer as well. Obviously, he got a goal against uh, Everton, the first one, I think, at the weekend. But who is your, at the minute, like, standout danger, man? Like, who do we need to be looking out for on um, Sunday? I'd probably say the manager. And that sounds really weird. It's a bit. It's a bit like what you were saying though earlier, in the sense of it, how how we play. If we're playing really well, everybody's playing really well, and and you're watching us, and you, it, it, I guess, it's a bit like mate, you might be watching Everton, and they just couldn't get the ball, and we were second yeah. first to everything, and everything looked so fluid, and it was free flowing. So if that's happening, then that makes Louise play really well in central midfield, the RB, Bailey. So I, I think how we play is probably the biggest threat. I, I've been saying it for, for some time now that, you know, in the Premier League, it used to be about like the players would just win the games and it would be random players would do a piece of brilliance. But what you're seeing now is like systems and tactics coming into it more and more. You look at Deserby at Brighton. I mean, their yeah. football is like mesmerising. So there's not there's not one player for Brighton that's sort of like the go-to player. You know, you've got Mitoma and CISO, that they're all playing really well. So I'd say a well-coached team now in the Premier League, it, 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 it could be anyone. But if I had to say players, I'd probably say like Diaby, Watkins, you know, Pacey, stretches uh, the defence, um, McGinn breaking through. Um, and yeah, I'd probably say those, those, those few players. Yeah, fair enough. That DRB does look class, doesn't it? Um, I've not seen too much of him just yet, but from uh, you know other games and, and previous games in his career, he looks a, a very, very good footballer. Um, I do want to ask you, like, what's changed at Villa? Because it wasn't this long ago, you know, you're back in the Championship. Mm -hmm. I remember I, yeah. I used to be a journalist back in you know back in a previous life. I, you know, I went to Villa Park. 
Um, I saw you beat Leeds 3-0. I think that might have been the season you went up or, or the season before. I can't remember. Um, but it, it were all a bit doom and gloom when you first got relegated, wasn't it? And eventually, obviously, you've come back at, at, and now you are back at, and you're back with a bang, doing very well in, in the Premier League. What's changed from, from falling out the Prem and to all this doom and gloom to now being back and then just knocking on the door of, of well, you're in European football, but I mean, like even the prestigious European competitions? I'd say, first of all, it'd be our owners. Um, it's not been plain sailing for Villa in the Premier League since coming back. Uh, when we got relegated, um, we got bought out by new owners and Dino took us up pretty much straight yeah. away. Um, so f- from the owners coming in, the trajectory has been pretty, pretty like awkward, really. Um, mm. So that was good. We, we survived on deadline on the last game of the season when we first got promoted and you know that great escape sort of when it was coming out of lockdown I think it gets overlooked because about 34 games we were like four points from safety with like four to go so we survived and then the next season um we did pretty well and then Dino got the sack and then we had Gerard and that was a disaster um we survived somehow um, and then Unai Emery came in and, and now we've started to like transform the whole club on the way we do things like with Monchi mm. coming in, we're, we're knocking down the North stand and, you know, the owners, when they came in five years ago, wanted European football. Five years later, we're now playing in Europe. You know, it's not the conference, you know, the Europa League or Champions League, but, you know, it's some form of European football. So it, it's, it has been quite difficult, but, Having when, since Emery's come in, I think this has probably been the best years for me to support Villa. You know, I, I'm 34 and I've seen O'Neill and 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 us do well in, in even in Europe, but yeah. this feels a bit different because I think when a fan base like you guys with your new owners, like when you get that sort of feel good factor, you have to just keep it going. You have to keep on that. You have to keep surfing that wave, don't you? Because you've got to just embrace everything. And that's what we're doing. So with Emery coming in and, you know, we were virtually in the relegation zone when he came in and he got us into Europe since November to the end of the season. So to do that and beat the teams that we were last season, like we did the double over Spurs, we beat Chelsea, we beat United, playing really good football. We've just been on that sort of wave, really. So it's just been good. But I'd probably say ever since Emery's come in, I've watched football in a different way because, yeah, you know, you look at teams like Man City on how they play and you're like, God, I wish we played a bit like this. And when you see Villa trying to, you know, play out from the back and move defenders into midfield, you kind of appreciate football a bit more, probably like you guys, you know, you've yeah. you, you had Deutsch ball and it probably did serve you quite well, but, when you start watching a better form of football, you start to realise that watching it is actually quite good, even when it's your own team. So I think we're, we're a bit similar, really, in the sense of your own yeah, manager. And so, yeah. Yeah, we are. I was going to say we are a bit similar, but if we can achieve fifty percent of obviously what you guys have done, then then that'd be fantastic. I think the trouble for is for us is keeping older company, um, whereas I can't see. You know, because obviously Villa are a massive club, European champions in the in the past. Um, I can't see you know too many clubs being big enough um, to 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 porch Emery away from you that, that would want him. Because I think I think the Arsenal thing might hold him back from some of the biggest clubs, mm-hmm. especially in this country. Um, but maybe abroad, some big clubs might want him. But I think I think the thing for us is um, 
holding on to company. But you mentioned there, obviously, a little bit similar situations and stuff. You mentioned that we used to have dashboard. I know, I know we mentioned it a little bit more on your show, which we did just before this. What are your thoughts on Berlin and how they've transformed and how they've turned into this like new, not new, well, new club in a way, but uh, the, the style of play and everything that Burnley are trying to do compared to what they used to do? I really like it. I mean, I, I'm i big on like tactics and style of play and I love watching you know, the movement of teams and, and how teams move the ball and operate and players off mm. the ball. So when I'm watching Burnley, I, I can really appreciate, you know, the, the job that he's done. So um, I think as, if you'd have asked me that when Deutsch was there, you know, again, it served you well, but it, it's horrible to play against. And it like Deutsch ball, mm. route one, balls. In. It's absolutely horrific to watch as an opposition uh, fan as well because you know what's coming but you can't do nothing about it because yeah. you're just so good at doing it it's like when Delap used to throw them balls in for Stoke yeah. you know it's coming but you can't you can't do nothing so um, I, I think to see you know a young manager like company as well you know sort of like learn his trade and elect and, and, and to come in and do it in the championship and do you know what the biggest compliment would be if you can play good football in the championship, you know you know you're a good team because that league yeah. is so competitive. It's so difficult to get any type of consistency. So you know you got to take your hats off to it. I'd like I say I'll be very interested to see how company can adapt to the Premier League because, like I mentioned about our journey into the Premier League to get to this stage where we are now. I mean it's been difficult. It's to, mm. to even finish 11th in the Premier League is very, very difficult. Um, mm. So I'll be interested to see whether the style can can translate into um, how you continue and want to keep playing. Because I imagine that there, there may be some times this season where it does get a little bit tough and it's whether he like, sticks with his core principles, which... Uh, I think he will, um, but it'll be interesting to see how, how he does in that sense, really. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because obviously when we were on the overlap, I will get that in pretty much in every show <laughs> up until about Christmas. Um, <laughs> Jamie Carragher predicted he's free to go down and he said Luton, Sheffield United and Wolves. Then we played yeah. City um, and then Wolves played well at Man United that weekend. And he said, you know what, change my mind. I think Burnley will go, go down because of the way that they played because I think company will stick to his his principle. And he will, he'll stick to him. Like, don't get me wrong, we'll take some beatings this season because mm -hmm. of it, but I think we'll also dish out some beatings as well. And I think, like I said earlier, that this, or on your show, I can't remember, uh, there's some dross in this league. And I think there's easily five or six teams that Burnley can finish above. Um, so I, I, I think because of that and because of the how good we will play and we'll shock some teams. Because I, th I think, again, I think, some teams are just going to go on. Yeah, I, I think you'll be better than the bottom that's where yeah. I think you're that's where I think you're I, I, if I had to say where I think you're going to finish I'd say 15 to 12 that's where I'd yeah. personally say you'll be I think yeah. like, you know you'll be you'll be better than that core group at the bottom and I don't think you'll be massively involved in a relegation battle so that that's where I think you'll be yeah, no, I agree. I think I said 11th to 14th. So if we finish 12th, 13th, then we're both right. Everybody's happy. But yeah, <laughs> there's teams down at the bottom that I think we're just so much better than. That includes Everton at the minute. I know it, I know it were you who spanked him and, you, and you're clearly a good side with some good players. Uh, and we'll see where we're at in relation to Everton uh, on Sunday, obviously, when we play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we'll easily be more than comfortable. Um, 
predictions then? Obviously, I'd like to end the show on predictions. Um, what sort of game do you think it's going to be and, and what, what result are you expecting on Sunday? Uh, this is where you cut me off. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> what type of game? Um, I think it'll be quite tight to start with. I think last season we were very good away from home. We got so many wins away from home. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it was mad watching that. So I think it'll be competitive. I would just say, and it depends how you look at this. Some people might say, well, we haven't played, so we're going to be fresh, etc." I yeah. think the fact that you haven't played and we've played three games, we I think we'd be bang up to speed. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'd back Villa to win. But, yeah, it's it's not, I'd say 2-1 Villa maybe, but that's obviously because I'm a Villa fan. So, yeah, um, no. yeah I, I think it'll be a difficult game. And, and you know, like I said, uh, you, you're still adapting to the Premier League, which there probably will be that little bit of, bedding in phase of getting up to speed with it really so um yeah it'd be tight yeah no I, I kind of agree um but i'm sort of going to lean more on the fence of a draw um just just because i've not I've not got used to predicting defeats yet obviously i had two for the city game um but obviously i don't know i just i'm hoping that because we have had two friendlies and i know it's not the same um, but i'm hoping it's given company time to look at his squad a bit more and understand that you know these players need to be whatever because obviously we brought a lot of new players in so i'm hoping that you know it, it gives the new signings time to adapt to the system because that was something that we struggled with last season it took a lot of the well all the players because it were a new system completely under a new manager it took a lot of them time to adapt to his way of, of playing and his way of thinking because there's a lot of fluidity in our formation it's not just a you know a four three three or whatever um there's a lot a lot of fluidity in it it's different when you're on the ball and, and without the ball as I'm sure you are as well. So it takes a new signings time to get used to it. So I'm hoping these two friendlies, one of which hasn't been played yet, I think it's today, um, and more time with the manager has given players to uh, chance to adapt to it. So I, I'm, well, I, you know, it's going to be a tough game. Villa are a very good side. I, I did say when when the fixtures were announced that you know we had Villa. City and Spurs in the first, you know, three games after the Luton game was called off. I could have easily believing that with zero points. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go two two because I think you're very good, you're very good at going forward. Um, I think hopefully we shock yeah with the press because I, <laughs> I felt like City were a little bit shocked at that. Um, but yeah, I do think you have players good enough to deal with it. Um, but we'll see. But I, I'm hoping, you know, it's probably hope more than expectation because Villa are a very good side, but I, I take a draw now and an entertaining one at that because I think it's going to be two decent sides. Villa admittedly with the better players, but two attacking sides going at each other. So I'm looking forward to a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it will be too. You could have done with playing that Luton game, I think. Yeah, that, I agree. That, yeah. That would have been, that's a good That's a good one for that's you. That's the three thinking. points, hopefully. That's Because yeah. then after these three games and you're on three points because you played four... Yeah. And one of them's looting. You're like, oh, it's not too bad. But if we're after these three games on zero points, bottom of the league, that's what worries me. Because the year we went down, we started off slowly and we never caught up. And then the pressure mounts on you. Then players start making mistakes. Like James Tarkovsky and Ben Mee and, and even poor people making uncharacteristic mistakes because the pressure was on them. So that's the only thing that worries me. But I think ultimately we do have the quality to come out of it. But yeah, I agree. We could have done with playing that game. Yeah. So hopefully it's a, a good game. Yeah, I think it will be. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, just before we do wrap it up, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and your podcast and YouTube channel on, on all the social media channels? Yeah, so we're just UTV podcast on, on YouTube. So we've got Joe on the show anyway. So that as will be out on um, Saturday. I think that episode's going to go out. So you can check him out on our show and uh, 
yeah, it's you're a great channel. Uh, love it to be fair, and you're quite you. It's nice to talk to like knowledgeable football fans. You know what I mean? Because content creators <laughs> sometimes can be a bit like I don't know. It's a bit so, something I feel a bit shouted. So. Yeah, yeah, they do yeah, it. So... They do it just. They do it just for the clout. Some of them, and I won't mention yeah. any names, but I think people could know <laughs> who, who we're on about. But there's some out there that just want to shout and scream for the sake of it, say ridiculous things just to get yeah. heard and seen. But no, I agree. That was a good thing about the overlap as well. Is that I won't mention it anymore in this show. But it's just meeting <laughs> like-minded people, isn't it? Who, who who create good content and who know what they're talking about. But yeah, I agree. It's a pleasure, mate. Good to meet you the other week. And great to have you on the show. Good luck for the season. But, of course, after Sunday, nearly said Saturday then. But I, I, I agree, Villa will be fine. And if anything, you could win the Compass League. I know West Ham won it last year. Look at the teams that are in it compared to Villa. You should be winning it. So, enjoy it, mate. Like, I, I went to, uh, like I said, our European tour wasn't anywhere near as good as what yours will potentially be. But I went to Aberdeen when we played Aberdeen. And I went to Olympiacos. And it was so good that... The, we, we we give Aberdeen so much shit. When we first got the announcement and it was like, Burnley, we'll play. We're like, hey, to Aberdeen. We're like, no, what? European <laughs> tour and I'm going to drive up. But honestly, it, it was so good. The Aberdeen, the Scottish lads were a great laugh and it was brilliant. So just to enjoy it, mate, because, yeah, yeah, who knows? I think Villa will get better, if I'm honest. But who knows? I, I've not experienced that again. And Burnley, Burnley fans might never experience it again. But good luck for the season, mate, and enjoy it because I think you're going to do well. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers for having me on. Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.